This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Radio Marinara is brought to you by Deakin University's School of Life and Environmental Sciences. Triple R sponsors. The real story of the ocean depths begins where you left off. Wonders that defy my powers of description. The secrets that are mine alone. Three minutes past nine. You are tuned to 102.7 3RRR. You may be listening via rrr.org.au. This is Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. My name's Bron Burton. And I'm Dr Surf. Good Just mo- the two of us, Bron. It is. It'll be a very relaxed show without that frenetic Dr Beach. <laughs> He's having a weekend off. <laughs> he is. He's um, going down to Mornington ah. to look for fossils. Great. I'm going to catch up with him later. He's... Uh, Hardcore fans can go and stalk him now. Yeah, we won't say what beach, but he's got a prac class. Oh, very good. Mm. Hey, uh, thank you very much. Um, firstly, to Tim and uh, to uh, LR Mads and Robin for um, wonderful vinyl bits. And just uh, repeating the gig that they have next week, um, they're headlining a, the big fundraiser of the year for Sea Shepherd down at Seaworks in Williamstown. Make sure you get along to that. We'll mention that one on next week's program as well. Um, second thank you is to uh, to Dr Beach and Anth for last week. I think this is probably the first post-radiothon show in my history with this station that I haven't done and the reason for that was uh, it was my daughter's birthday smack bang in the middle of radiothon as it is every year. So um, You've got to get a new daughter. <laughs> it's not good enough. She, she wants a horse but I'm not going into that. <laughs> it's not happening. Anyway, maybe it's seahorse. We've got a little rocking horse you can have. Have you? She's yeah. got a good imagination. Yeah. It's got she a does. green tail. 
Right. <laughs> Psychedelic <laughs> rocking horse for her. So um, anyway, uh, but thanks, uh, Anne and, and Dr Beach. And, uh, and lastly, thank you, but certainly not least, thank you very much to everyone who subscribed during our, uh, our crazy 10 days of Radiothon. It was um, awesome fun and just so wonderful to hear from each and every one of you. Um, we've had a couple of calls and texts this morning from um, people who weren't able to subscribe for various I, reasons. I've got an apology to make to Peninsula Speech Pathology Services. Their yes. fish was the Malibu Stacy doll. <laughs> That's what and, they wanted, and it was, was it? it? It was not written down as such. Oh, it didn't get yes, right. So they are forever the Malibu Stacy doll. Oh, good. Yeah, of course you can request your own um, uh, salty name when you ring up and subscribe. You don't need to take one of ours. We always um, make ours themed in accordance with the Radiothon theme. So um, if you still want to ring in and subscribe, uh, probably better not do it in the next hour because um, Kent, who is our, our wonderful rock, <laughs> he's actually still being a rock, but he's panelling for us today. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, please keep ringing in and subscribing you have until the 28th of September to pay up and, uh, and be in the running for uh, for all the wonderful prizes and if you haven't subscribed during those 10 days you can just subscribe any day of course of the year but um, you can still ring in and subscribe until the 28th of September and you'll still be in the running for the major prizes just not the daily ones. All right today's program let's get going. We are uh, very shortly going to cross to Ocean Grove to speak with Hilary Bomer. Um, Hilary is part of the uh, Great Ocean Road. Um, I don't have her title in front of me. It's somewhere in my paperwork, which I'll get to in a minute. But she's been doing a wonderful program with um, schools in Geelong and working specifically with Year 9 students and uh, conveying the message of coastal conservation and custodianship and how important it is um, at uh, every level, including the Year 9 middle school level, to uh, start having a really good think about what it means to uh, look after our coastal environments now and into the future as well. So we're going to be crossing to uh, Ocean Grove to uh, speak with Hilary about that. Really looking forward to that. Uh, then we're going from uh, Ocean Grove to Blair Gary to speak with Jackie Younger. Uh, normally we catch up with AJ. He's been called away today. So we're going to catch up with um, Jackie Younger. She's part of the Dive to You group who are part of Operation Sponge which is uh, this fantastic project that's being undertaken to transplant the sponges uh, from the Blairgarry Marina onto their new substratum and uh, keep I them. I saw them on the telly. Yeah. It's pretty amazing so what they're doing. It is a very big job. Yes. They need lots of help. They do. And they need money mm. as well to pay for the bio-glue, which is what's being used to stick the sponges from their, their old home to their new home. So we're gonna, we haven't spoken with them for a couple of weeks, so we're going to catch up with Jackie and talk about that. Then Dr. Surf, we have a, we're going from... We're going to Lawn. Ocean Grove to Blairgowry to Lawn. To speak to Murray Walding about the re-release of his fantastic book called Surferama, a tr all about the treasures of Australian surfing. So um, surfing collectibles, surfboards, albums, posters, books, skateboards. It's a spectacular it, it publication. Is. And it was first published in 08 and this is the new edition. So we're going to have a chat with Murray. Right. Fantastic. And all sorts of things. And it's something that is, uh, you don't need to be a, a die-hard, hardcore surfer to um, really appreciate this book. But if you are, you can still appreciate the book. You can. And, and from a Triple R perspective, 
Mm. If you're interested in surf music, there's all sorts of interesting things on the surfing albums of the 60s and 70s. So, look, it's got a wide appeal. Wonderful book. And then? Then I'm going to do a special uh, Dr Surf community announcement um, to all those young surfers out there about what happens to your body when you surf for 40 years or more. (laughs) And it's called Why Surfing is Bad for You. No, it's not. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's... From a personal perspective. I'm sure... This is what happens to your body when you should have been at work and you went surfing instead over a 45-year period. (laughs) Don't let this put you off. Anyway, I think... um, And the only... uh, Look... Honestly, I think the benefits outweigh the negatives, but there's a negative in everything, mm. even if you work for Hawthorne. <laughs> and a special th- uh, hello to all my uh, West Coast slash Surf Coast Geelong supporting friends. Indeed. What a happy weekend it's been. Go doggies too. Your, your great nephew is very excited about this. Oh, the doggies? Yep. Look, what a, what a fantastic, and I'm not going to dwell on footy, but what a fantastic result for footy when the doggies won. Really? It is. That's what footy's all about, beating interstate teams. (laughs) (laughs) Severely at their home ground. I thought you were going to say overcoming adversity, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll go with beating interstate teams too. We're going to get calls now. (laughs) No, we're not. From doggy supporters. Special hello for our interstate subscribers. We still we we love you, but yeah, doggy supporters. Oh, it's great. Oh, who Isn't wouldn't? It? Who would begrudge oh, doggy supporters? Jump on board if you don't bear it for the cats. Go dogs. They've got to be the 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 happiest team in Victoria. You know, I'm a Bombers gal for life, yeah, don't you? Yeah, but like oh, it's it's, it's a little bit torturous at the moment. How long has it been for the poor doggy supporters? Oh, I'm not I'm not begrudging them anything. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. All right, it's 10 past nine. A couple of quick things and then we're going to listen to some music. Um, Weather to start with, heading for a top of 18. Cloudy, patchy fog, medium. Chance of showers late in the evening, mostly in the southeastern suburbs. Light winds becoming northern or westerly up to 20 kilometres an hour during the day, becoming light in the late evening. Not a bad drying day if you want to get all your washing done today. 18, mostly sunny. Tomorrow, 13. Back down into winter we go. Showers easing. Tuesday, 14 and a shower or two. Wednesday, 17, partly cloudy. We're heading back up again. Thursday, 18, shower or two. Friday, 16 and a possible shower and then back up to 17. So in, in the mid to high teens now. Uh, the surf time report. times. Uh, Got to do a surf report. Do you want to do that first? Yeah. Okay. Go. Get out of bed and go. Right. It's fantastic. Especially down west of Melbourne. Again, this would have to be week 10, I think, of Fantastic Surf. Through the winter. Oh, what an epic winter we've had. It's been marvellous. We're going to talk about um, Bill Finnegan before before we wrap mm. up today, just briefly, because um, very, very exciting chat we had with him. Mm. And tides, high tide, I think was at 6.10, is that right? AM? Uh, Point Lonsdale, 6.09, not bad. Oh, good guess. Not bad. And uh, heading for a low tide at... I'd say twelve. Yeah, eleven forty-two. Pretty oh. good. All right. Is that the is that the surf report? Yeah, the tide's going out now, obviously, and so hit the points on the breaks around Torquay, and they are firing. Have you read the surf forecast? Because that's exactly what no, they just says. ring me and I tell them. <laughs> you are swellnet, aren't you? <laughs> I'm you better are than swellnet. But epic surf Monday, Tuesday this week was just all time, especially Monday, and so it's. Yeah, it's been a wonderful, wonderful winter, spring. Mm-hmm. 
Fantastic. All right, a couple of quick things um, and then we're going to listen to some music. One is uh, just something to put in your diaries and we'll mention this uh, in more detail next week, but um, the uh, Environmental Film Festival of Australia now, it used to be Melbourne, it's now Australia, is kicking off soon. Uh, and one film I wanted to draw uh, attention to is Sonic Sea. I had a look at the trailer for this yesterday, Dr Surf, and it's, uh, it's looking like it's going to be uh, an absolute ripper. It's about the impact of um, sound waves in the oceans on um, marine animals and particularly cetaceans, so mm. your whales and your dolphins, mm. uh, at, but all um, marine creatures that uh, basically have to put up with all kinds of different sounds created by we human beings. So it's on Friday the 30th of September, so in a couple of weeks, um, from 8.30 till 9.45 at Acme. Great cinema to watch that particular movie. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that one. I just wanted to mention it now to, to get it in your diaries. Um, I've got a couple of things that are happening at Surf World, the um, surfing museum down at Torquay, over the uh, upcoming school holidays. There's a new display called Surf Technology, which is all about the impact uh, and advancement of new technology on surf gear, wetsuits, surfboards and so on. And they've assigned, there's a new, uh, I guess, collaboration going on with Swellnet called Board of the Week, where they pick out a very important board from their huge collection at Surfworld and feature its history. Cool. So if you're down at Torquay, pop into Surfworld. Awesome. Any more? Uh, one, one other thing. It's a bit belated, but uh, a small note. A rest in peace, Midget Farrelly. I'm sure a lot of you would have um, seen the news that Midget Farrelly died a couple of weeks back. Um, mm. Our first world champion won the world titles at Manly, and um, he died quite young. So we're sorry to see uh, Midget go. Mm. And coincidentally, who's on the front cover of Surferama? Yes, but Midget. I did notice that. Now, this week, a special event took place in Torquay. 150 Year 9 students from four Geelong schools took part in a forum about the importance of marine conservation. That's right, Year 9 students. Organised by the Great Ocean Road Coastal Committee, the forum saw the students spend a day at a forum called Coast Guardians with special guests and experts in the field of coastal conservation, including our very own Angeline Charles. The aim of this was to aware, uh, increase their awareness of environmental issues and develop an understanding of social responsibility and environmental stewardship. It's with great pleasure now we cross to Ocean Grove to speak with Hilary Bomer, Education Leader at Great Ocean Road Coast Committee Incorporated and also the coordinator of the Coast Guardians Program. Good morning, Hilary. Good morning, Bron. And welcome to Radio Marinara and to Triple R. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. And first up, uh, a very big thanks to Angeline for connecting us with you and a big shout-out to Angeline. She's home and she's not well today. She was supposed to be in today. So, um, hi, Angeline. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to you, Hilary. Yeah, and hi, Angeline. And it was great to meet her the other day at the uh, the Coast Guardians Forum. Where, yeah, we had about 150 uh, people attending, probably 120 students and their teachers and uh, all the, the Gork staff. We call it Gork, which is the Great Ocean Road Coast Committee. Um, so, yeah, we had so many... Um, fantastic things happening on that day to celebrate the Coast Guardians. Let's start with um, the, the Great Ocean Road Coast Committee, or Gork. <laughs> it's good, yeah. to know, good to know their name. <laughs> name. Tell us about Gork. What's Gork? So Gork is a, um, 
the Great Ocean Road Coast Committee manages uh, about 37 kilometres of Crown land between Torquay and Lawn, so along the Great Ocean Road, between the road and, and the water. So pretty much that sort of spot. And, uh, yeah, so we, we have lots of different programs. So we'll, we manage, manage the coast as in maintain the fences and the toilet blocks and uh, give out permits and for different activities and things. But uh, my job there is actually as, as um, an education leader. Uh, so I work with Peter Crowcroft in the education area. And so we deliver programs to students between, in, on, on Gork land um, between between those areas, so we have a few different schools that we work with. So they're not all in Geelong, but they may may come from Geelong or many many different areas. So yeah, Gork's got a lot of lot of responsibility down there and lots of challenges. But um, yeah, it's a great organisation to work with. So Coast Guardians is one particular education program that you have. Uh, do you have other ones, or are they all kind of different versions of Coast Guardians? So yeah, Coast Guardians is um, sort of the flagship. Um, education program so it's a bit like a pilot um, so we were trying to to see how how we how we could work with the year nines particularly as it's a tricky tricky year level yes um, and uh, but we do have other programs which um, we work with the, we work in community with different lots of different schools and uh, and other land managers and volunteer groups and environment groups so we might do other things um, like you know uh, rock pool ramb- well, rock pool rambles or beach uh, beach combing, walks, uh, planting days and working bees and um, holiday programs for the campers in Torquay and Lawn. That's just being developed for this this summer. Um, so yeah, we do quite a lot of activities. Most of them are sort of based on hands-on on-ground learning. So we work really closely in conjunction with the conservation team, particularly Georgina Beale, who's the supervisor. Um, and so they, the conservation team show us where they want us to do some rehabilitation. And so the students um, come down all kitted up with all their safety gear and uh, do some fun things by getting sand in their shoes and getting out of the classroom and perhaps doing weeding. So we, we do a lot of um, cutting down of, of tea tree, which is uh, not not indigenous to the coast on the surf coast. Um, and mulching, mulching up those plants and putting them onto the perhaps onto the sand dunes, then planting and uh, brush matting and picking up rubbish and yeah, generally rehabilitating sites which have been degraded. So I'm most inter- of the most of the lessons really have that hands on part to it, but we connect the curriculum as well. I'm interested to hear you say that tea tree is not indigenous to to the surf coast. That's taken me by surprise. I always thought it was. Yeah, so it's actually there's a, there's a little bit of a, a fine line as to where, where the tea tree um, actually starts and stops. But um, on the Gork land on the surf coast um, from from Torquay down to Lawn, it's it's not naturally found there, but it's more naturally found um, around, around Portfield Bay. Um, and, yeah, so there's kind of a, a bit of a, an overlap, I guess, but a lot of the tea tree has been brought down as windbreaks and people wanting them in their gardens and then obviously the seeds seeds spread and they establish really well. So they, they do take over a lot of the um, the native plants, particularly the, the bearded heath, which is um, the more natural plant that's found down there. 
Um, so it's a bit of a takeover plan. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Um, now, Year Nines, and you've sort of alluded to this, they're not the typical student cohort that we associate with enthusiasm about environmental things or much else for that year matter. And, uh, yeah, Year Nines. <laughs> and Dr Surf's here. He's, he's had more recent experience with Year Nines than me. It's all coming for me. <laughs> Would you yeah, find this, Dr Surf? I've got a couple of teenage boys at home, so um, that's kind of giving me a few tips of <laughs> how to, how to um, get them excited. But we do, I think, I think the actual um, getting out into a, a different environment is one of the, the most exciting things for them. Some people are dreading coming to Coast Guardians, <laughs> I think, on their first day. They're not quite sure, well, what are they going to make me do? Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, once you get out there into the beautiful fresh air, you look at the views, what an amazing workplace to work in. You know, let's say White's Beach at Torquay, uh, standing on the sand dune, um, rehabilitating a sand dune with, with that amazing view. So we do bring them around in the end, I think. Oh, and certainly some students are more suited to, to this sort of work as well. Um, and because we try and integrate it with the curriculum of the school, um, there are sort of different areas that that we're working well hopefully we'll we'll look at different learning styles so some kids do like the hands-on some things like some like to do more of the science and um you know look at the figures and, and numbers and some of them yeah like to investigate plants and look at their adaptation so we do cover a lot of areas and so we hope that uh, the students will sort of connect with something so it's- that they um yeah, it's, I feel like it's part of their place. I find it interesting, Hillary, particularly, I mean, there are so many, it's almost become the norm now that um, schools take year nines out of the, the rest of the environment and um, whether whether they kind of go in a, a separate building uh, for a year or just completely go to another part of the state. Um, some schools do that. I know others just sort of separate them. It's really interesting that you've got this program targeting, well, this this particular run targeting year nines, and it's made me think about a whole lot of things that could be um, potentially incorporated uh, beyond Coast Guardian. So uh, it's fascinating. I think that's a whole other subject for discussion um, in, yeah, in, in the marine I- sense anyway. Yeah, I think the year nines, you know, that, that age, 13, uh, 14, 15 year olds, they're all, you know, their hormones are running crazy. They're um, trying to work out who they are and where they fit into the world. And so we, we give them some options about, you know, all the different varieties of things, but try and get them back and get them grounded as to, you know, what's, what's real in the world. And, um, and hopefully, you know, they get inspired to, you know, they may go into this sort of career. Mm. Um, so we do sort of look at... Um, you know, focusing on career and uh, uh, community development, community service sort of yeah. thing, as well as overcoming personal challenges. Now, there were <laughs> happened in year nine. Yes. Now there were four schools who uh, took place, yeah. and they had particular rehab uh, sites, coastal sites, undergoing rehabilitation. Um, would you like yeah. to take us through those? Yeah. So Geelong Lutheran College, who are um, situated on the Surf Coast Highway between Torquay. And, and Geelong, they've been rehabilitating the um, White's Beach and uh, White's Gap area for about five years. So the program's been going for five years and uh, they're probably the school that um, had the most students coming to our program, um, which is fantastic. So that school kind of concentrates more on the science, um, you know, it's more specific science um, connection with their curriculum. Um, we also have Northern Bay College from Cario in Geelong. So they, those guys come along, you know, to a totally different environment to 
to where they normally live and their home environment. And so it's more probably about overcoming, um, yeah, pretty pretty scary challenge to get out into, you know, go and run around on the sand dunes, although, you know, we are with, under supervision. Um, so, yeah, very different. Um, they do their Coast Guardians as part of a program that they do at a camp or... Uh, it's a campsite at Stiglitz. It's called Heroes Journey Program. So that school um, really concentrates on the year nines and um, does a lot of things with, with them. And we also have Surf Coast Secondary College and uh, they've, they've been connecting with us for, for the five years as well. And uh, those students, we were working with the VCAL students initially, but we've swapped over to their year nines and they're getting really involved down at Spring Creek at Torquay and doing a lot of rehabilitation there. And the Lawn Aries Inlet Prep to 12 College, uh, so their campus is located in, or their senior campus is located in Lawn, and we work at quite a few sites down there, including North Lawn and Lawn Point, so the, um, and also the Erskine River. And um, so we'll, we'll go in quite a lot of areas down there, so it's great to get, get down to Lawn. Beautiful. Can see some... Great, um, great times sort of heading into the future when these current Year 9 students are all adults and are able to go back and look at the great work that they've done and to see what comes of it. Is that sort of one of the main aims of the program? Well, that, that is one of the main aims. So we, um, the, the students are given a site um, with the conservation team, working with the conservation team um, for the site that needs rehabilitation. And so they get to plant it, they get to, to clean it all up they, they get to live, some of them actually get to live in the area where their site is or they're able to go back and visit perhaps with their family or over summer and say, look, we've, we planted, you know, 200 plants there. Look, they've grown this much and, um, you know, look, the erosion's being stopped and um, basically we want the, the kids to, to get it besides the social responsibility um, issue, we want them to get a stewardship, get a, an ownership of the coastline. So they're, they're thinking that it is their place. Um, a lot of the volunteers that we have in the community at the moment are getting older. Um, and so we're trying to get the young ones involved and we do encourage them to become parts of local um, environment groups like coast care groups and coast action groups as well. Fantastic. So that, um, so that hopefully they they keep doing it. <laughs> that's awesome, Hilary. That's just been wonderful. Uh, more information if people want to find out more about your program, and I'm guessing there might be other um, groups around the state, particularly obviously in coastal areas, who might want to have a chat to you about your program and maybe look to replicate something like this uh, on yeah. the Mornington yeah. Peninsula and, and sort of beyond there. Um, what, where, what's the yeah. best thing for people to do if they so want to get in the touch best with thing you? To do um, to, to look at the information um, is to have a look at the, the Gork website, the Great Ocean Road Coast Committee website, which is www.gorkcc.com.au and uh, they can, can look at the links in there which lead to the education areas um, and also um, all the work that Gork does managing the, the Crown land and, um, and how they look after the, the natural values of the coast. Um, also, the phone number for the Gorp Torquay office is 5220-5055 and uh, they can contact myself or Pete Crowcroft is also um, the other education officer who's developing lots of new programs for us. Great. So it was 5220, what was the last bit? 
5055. 5055. Fantastic. I'm going to put all those details uh, on our Triple R um, Radio Marinara page and also on the Marinara Facebook page as well. It's been great speaking with you, Hilary, and uh, hope to keep Thanks, in touch God. with you uh, more about the work that you're doing and particularly if there's summer programs coming up because uh, we're yes. heading into that period as well. Okay, yes. th- thank Thanks you. so much. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's been Bye. a joy. Bye. Bye for now. Hilary Bomer there from the Great Ocean Road Coast Committee, Coast Guardians. All right. Uh, we've had a couple of phone calls. Um, Dr. Surf? Uh, I had a phone call regarding the surf report. They right. wanted a more detailed surf report, so I can give you a more detailed yeah. one for today. Let's the, do that. The swell's about three metres, which means on the surf coast you're going to be looking at one and a half to two metre swells. So reasonable size, make sure that you're, you're an experienced surfer. On the beaches, that means about three metres. And by the beaches, I mean Gunnamatta, Willamai. Don't go there. Right. Flinders will be the same size as the uh, surf coast, so one and a half to two metres. You'll get some very good waves there. And inside the bay, in Western Port Bay, you're probably looking at about three foot three to four foot. That's around Point Leo? Yeah. The wind's northwest, perfect wind for the the, the points. So I should, and I will, become more specific (laughs) um, with my surf reports. So, uh, yes, it's a a very decent swell, three metres plus. Don't go to the beaches and only go to the points at Torquay if you're an experienced surfer. All right. Thanks, Dr Surf. My pleasure. But anyway, on the line we have... Murray Walding, all the way from beautiful Lawn. How are you this morning, Murray? I'm um, very well, thanks. On a morning like this, um, I hope all your listeners are taking their boards off the car and getting ready to go out for a surf. Now, you, you just told me that the Great Ocean Road's closed. It's closed for part of the day between uh, Lawn and Apollo Bay. OK. Not for any like, landslide or sort of any sort of cosmic occurrence. There's a... There's Amy's Grand Fondo bike ride, 5,000 uh, bike riders... Around going around the Otways. Did you say five thousand, Murray? That sure is. That's a lot of lycra. <laughs> there's, um, there's, a, there's a lot of lycra. There's a lot of um, been a lot of strutting around between lattes. <laughs> throwing the leg over the bike. Let's quickly move from lycra to neoprene before so I can right, get that yeah. image out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Murray, you've come up with the I guess it's the second edition of Surferama. When did the first one come out? Uh, the first one came out, uh, it's about eight years ago now, 2008, um, and um, was extremely popular in its first edition. Um, it sold out um, after a couple of years, and I've had, I've been fielding inquiries about, you know, where to get it, and um, it just hasn't, um, hasn't been on the bookshelves for a while, so the new edition is, um, is doing really well. Everyone's um, really thrilled with the new inclusions. And what, what exactly does it cover for those of uh, our listeners who don't know? Well, Surferama is, I guess, I, I guess a, a dumbed-down version would be say it's a collection of surf memorabilia, um, but that that tends to often sort of mean different things to different people. So it's looking at the, the notable pieces, so notable posters, notable magazines, surfboards, books, skateboards, uh, and general ephemera. Okay, and um, what's how is uh, it the second edition? Uh, changed or improved from the first. Uh, there were a few little, there were a few little technical glitches, which um, you know we discovered after the first one was published. But um, the network of people who collect, especially vintage surfboards, has been uh, expanding really, really quickly. And 
as, as it did so, as I sort of spoke to people after the book had come out, I realised that some people had some really notable surfboards uh, in exceptional condition and they really needed to be documented. So we tracked them down, got them photographed, and there's, there's more and more of these vintage surfboards that these collectors have got tucked away, I think, and they're just dying to show, the, show them to people. And you, we were talking a couple of days ago about how you got in contact with these collectors. There's, is there a Facebook page for surfboard collectors, or? Yes, no, excuse me. There's a um, there's a Facebook page for vintage surfboard collectors, and I ended up on it um, just you know through interest sake, and people would post. Actually, some of them were posting some of the scans from Surferama, which was the thing which originally got me interested. So I was able to say, well, yes, this picture's got this, but we've also got this in the book. So um, it was like a networking, social media networking, and people would put photos of their boards um, that they'd collected. And there was just like absolute knockout boards coming up, and you started to think, well, who are these people? Where, where are these boards? So I, I tracked them down. And how many people are now on this site? Well, when uh, I first went back to the publishers and said, I think we need to, to do this book because people are using Surferama uh, as, a, as a text on this um, Facebook page, there were 2,500 members and there's now something like 14,000 members and they're spread all over the world. How do you, um, Murray, how do you decide where vintage starts and stops? Well, there's no hard and fast rule. Um, uh, when we did the original version of Surferama, we went up to the first three fin surfboards, the, the thrusters of the very early 80s, and sort of used that as a uh, just a, an ad hoc benchmark. But what we're finding is that the guys who started surfing in the years after that and are now in their you know, 30s, 40s, they all consider those uh, early thrusters uh, even up to like the mid-90s, late-90s, as vintage boards. And in fact, when you look at it, they're all in excess of 20 years old. So there's an, another another group of younger people coming through who are collecting the boards from their youth, which is the three-fin thrusters. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, when I first started collecting, everyone was after the 60s boards, but now there's a new generation of guys in their 30s. Everyone's, everyone wants to collect the boards from their youth. So these younger guys, as you say, are after the thrusters. I've got a theory that the most collectible board for anyone is their very first surfboard. I couldn't I mean, agree more. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone would love to find. That's right. Uh, and I, you know, I guess some people do. I know my brother at one stage, um, he, was, he was tracked down rather than him doing the tracking down, but it was, uh, it was his second surfboard turned up um, and being restored in a uh, shop in Torquay. So... Um, some of them are still out there, but I guess there's a lot of them, you know, just fallen to bits and are in landfill mm. now. And if anyone listening has a green and yellow Gordon and Smith um, 1971 model, please contact me. That's my first <laughs> I board. I'll put, put that request on that Facebook page because <laughs> Gordon and Smith were a really strong label in the south side of Sydney. Yeah. They're fondly regarded. Uh, they had a... They had notable... 
shapers working for them. They had exceptional spray um, decorations on them. Yeah, this was a Peter Townend model, I think. Even more collectible, and <laughs> there's a good chance that someone's got that. Why do people, um, why do surfers get rid of their first surfboards if, if this is an issue? Is it just money. a space thing or well, it's a money you, thing, isn't you it? You just upgrade? Yeah, it's like a car. You have to trade in an old board to be able to afford a new one when you're right. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And, and so you're constantly turning them over because you can't afford the price of a brand new board. Yeah, and you're probably not thinking at that stage oh, about, no. you know, what, whatever might happen in 20 to 30 years' time. No. Yeah. Just uh, to take you on a bit, Murray, there's a, there's a, a wide range of... Uh, uh, I guess ephemera, memorabilia in this book, other than surfboards, and I'm looking at things from bubblegum wrappers to eskies to buckets and spades, and and I'm, look, I'm going through my childhood here. The towel with the footprints all over it. Yeah, the badges too. <laughs> I can see the badges. Oh, the towel with the footprints. I had one of them. And a skiffle board. I had that skiffle board. And the and the um, oh, there's uh, is that bubblegum? There's a gidget game. Scanlon's bubblegum. Scanlon's bubblegum. In in the sixties and seventies, there doesn't appear to be too many things that weren't surf related. Well, it's not surprising. I mean, we're like Australia's coastal lifestyle is pretty well defining a part of you know our national identity, and um, we all go to the beach and we all love the stuff and the the people who were doing the marketing thought, well, let's jump on board this. You know, I know one collector who even collects the packs of rinse clean surf soap powder when they bring out new artwork. Now, that's hardcore. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Hardcore. Have you noticed over time, Murray, that um, that there were perhaps uh, regional um, differences that have bit by bit sort of become less defined, that, that things have sort of become over time more similar? Am I making sense? So, what no. the, so, <laughs> so the various collectibles that you might have got on the Gold Coast were probably quite different to the collectibles you would have got on the Surf Coast, but as time's gone on, things have sort of become more similar? Or is that not the case? Um, look, if you take something like, say, a surf movie poster... The, the, the surf movie circuit ran up and down the coast right around Australia, so the posters were pretty well the same. Uh, the people who did things like postcards uh, and local souvenirs, there were some which were generic, so you might see a photo of a guy surfing and you buy it in Queensland and it's got, you know, visit Coolangatta. <clears throat> you buy the same one in Torquay. Yep. Then there were others which were specifically shots of Torquay or Coolangatta, for instance. The, the, there's... There's a different sort of feel to things as, as our, our pop culture has evolved too, like um, things like sew-on patches for your duffel coat, which were you know, immensely popular in the 60s, uh, are now things of the past. So you, if you're tracking down things, you can't be guided that things have sort of um, gradually dumbed down because there's still little bits out there uh, now that I see that I'll, I'll think, well, I'll, I'll take that because um, I think no one will have that in the future. Murray, Bron's just been struck dumb because I've been showing you those pages from Squire magazine that you've got there on, uh, I think it's page 98. A wonderful example of, of I guess, how things have changed with regards. Um, actually, <laughs> the interesting, well, there's, there's like, the devil's in the detail with these. Um, Squire magazine had the same format as Surfing World at the time. It, was, it came through the same publishing house and... That surfboard the girl is holding. I'm uh, just trying to think. Is this is the picture? Is this? Do I have the the fold out of the girl holding the surfboard in that clip? There is. It looks like a, a 
a Gordon Woods. Beautiful well, that, has, that board can be seen in a couple of ads in surfing world at the same time. And, and um, just, just for our listeners, Sky Magazine appears to be some sort of men's magazine where the, the, the hunky surfer's coming out of the surf and chatting up the beautiful blonde who happens right, to yeah. unzip her um, yeah. wetsuit just at the right time. Um, well, what I didn't include for the sake of um, the less mature readers of Surferama was there, in fact, there is a fold-out in the middle of that okay. magazine. Um, and I, I put it in there as just one of those interesting... Um, it's a sort of a blokey, very blokey magazine from the time, from the time, say, uh, some of your older readers will remember Man magazine. Yes, from 1967. So it, yeah, it's very much a page three girl kind of thing. Um, and I thought it was interesting that the format is exactly the same as Surfing World, and I guess there might have been young, impressionable surfers who bought Squire thinking it was Surfing World. <laughs> Would have got a shock when they got to the set of spread. Yeah. Or maybe not. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, Murray. Can you just let people know where they can get this book? Well, Surferama will be in uh, all good bookshops. Um, and if they don't have it, they should be able to get it. It's been distributed nationally through just just about any bookshop you can go into. They will have it in their stock listing if it's not on the shelves. Yep, I've I know certainly that seen down it. Here it's, it's, um, uh, I think it's just about sold out in the local bookshop down here. So if you want a copy... Go out and get it quickly. Yes. Thanks again for your time, Murray. I very much enjoyed reading the book. And, uh, it's been my pleasure. Next time I'm down at Lawn, I'll come around and catch up. Yeah, we'll go for a surf. Okay, thanks, Murray. <laughs> See you later. No worries. Bye See you, Murray. Bye. Bye-bye. Murray Walding there. And a, a, uh, it is a spectacular It is. And, and again, even if you don't surf, it's worth having a having a read because there's all sorts of memories that that will come back to you from childhoods innocent childhoods spent in the sand dunes <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> mine were innocent i'm sure they were hey we're gonna have to move on soon but we do want to spend a few minutes um talking about what you wanted to talk about about Chronic why injury bad i'm going to spend two minutes talking to the younger surfers out there about why they should be careful with their bodies because um <laughs> i have a theory that once you hit 55 everything falls I, I could say some bad words here but everything falls apart right when i was 53 i was surfing very well and then my body fell apart and uh being a typical male i did nothing about it and then recently i went and got back x-ray and I was not happy with what I saw. Right. After 45 years of surfing, basically, I don't have any discs left in the lower three vertebrae from right. surfing. Right. I don't know anyone of my age group who hasn't got a chronic injury, whether it's a back, a knee, hips. Yep. I know several people who've had their hips replaced. Shoulders go. And it's just, it's a bit depressing. But I would recommend for young surfers out there... To I would recommend going having checkups with physios just to keep yourself in in um, good nick because if you just let it go and you're the typical hardcore male it's just a pain I can handle pain I'm tough it won't get better. Is something like yoga regular yoga going to help? It does, but you've got to get yourself fixed first. Um, there's no point in doing yoga or Pilates if you have a chronic injury right. because it doesn't fix the injury mm. you've got to go and see a professional like a physio get an x-ray that's my number one recommendation please get an x-ray because it'll show you what's wrong if you just assume because i thought my hip was gone because i had friends who've had hips replaced and they looked at me walking and they said oh mate 
your hips, hip. your hips stuffed. But it wasn't. I've got scoliosis and a and a, uh-huh. a wrecked back. But it's a classic case of having too much fun. 